Welcome to the Birthing in New Earth podcast, awakening the divine feminine in birth, business, and spirituality. My name is Samantha, and in this podcast, I'll be having conversations with movers and shakers from around the world on a range of topics. I truly believe that when we tap into the areas around birth and business and spirituality, there is true potential for change in the world. The time is now to create the future of our dreams. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Birthing in New Earth podcast. Happy New Year to you all. I hope you've had a wonderful celebration and holiday time. I'm very excited for this year, for 2022. There's so much in the works for birthing in New Earth. And I just feel, yeah, I think this year is going to be a super positive year for many. So I'm excited to be here with you and that you're here and you've been supporting this podcast over the last year. And yeah, I'm so excited to see what we can co-create in this new year. So in this episode, we have Alisiana Blanche, and we just had such a beautiful conversation. Alisiana is a very amazing woman, and she's sharing such beautiful things in the world. She's had quite a journey, personal journey, that she shares and goes in depth in the interview and just how we can come from dark places and rise to find ourselves, to come back home to ourselves and really share our passion and purpose with the world. And Alisiana, her passion and purpose is the sharing of Kundalini Yoga. She's an amazing teacher. I've done many of her classes online and we just talk about Kundalini Yoga and how this is such a powerful technology. We share about the purpose of spiritual practice and how It can really help us bring us back to our heart, back to our home, and help us live a full, vibrant life. Um, She she says in the interview, we are are gods in human form, and we are here to play fully. So we talk about, you know, we go through the dark nights, but we go through it to, to rise like the phoenix so that we can fully play how we're meant to be playing and what we're here to learn and grow and explore as humans in these human suits that we're living in. So it's such a beautiful conversation. She has a beautiful program coming up. All the details are below. So check this episode out. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Stay tuned for all the um, things that are on its way for birthing a new earth. You know, sign up for our newsletter if you haven't already. Um, You can check out our Instagram page. And yeah, I look forward to share more with you soon. Take care. All the best for 2022. All right, I am so, so excited to have the beautiful Alisiana Blanche with us today on the Birthing in New Earth podcast. She's sharing such amazing tools. I've you know, been in her classes. I really love you and what you're sharing and your energy. And I'm so excited to take a deep dive with you today. Mm, thank you so much, love. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. So we, we've talked about this. We talked about this before when we did it um, for the the gathering. But I, I really love your story, and I love how what you've gone through to to get to where you are today. So maybe you can share that for our audience in um, in our podcast world. Mm. <laughs> again, where do I begin? <laughs> <laughs> I <know. laughs> it's so complex um, and beautiful. 
because of it. Yeah, I guess the, the beginning of things is that I was born in Russia, in St. Petersburg, and grew up in Belarus on a farm in, in a very small, small, small town with my mom. And grew up in a very simple, on the borderline, poor environment. So it was just like the same clothing, uh, very, very minimum money just to buy food. Um, my mom was pretty much constantly in stress of like, are we going to survive? Are we going to survive? Are we going to survive? And so mm. that was definitely like that, like tension that I lived through as a kid. And then also my mom got remarried, but then divorced and then had a second child. And so I kind of became like a little mini mom from eight years old and just like took care of my sister as well while my mom was working. So there was just a lot of like, I would say, I kind of like skipped my childhood in a way. And then yeah. only later on when I was around like 26, 27, I was like, I really want to play. Yeah. <laughs> I was like finally started catching up with that. Um, yeah, basically that's sort of the beginning. Uh, and then in that small town, I always felt like a bit of a loner and a stranger in that town. Yeah. I always was very curious and reading books and the kids wanted to just like, I don't know, get drunk or smoke or whatnot. So I was not very um, like in, in that way, popular kid. Like I just wanted to mm. books and got bullied and just like, yeah, I always felt alone, honestly. That's about. And then when I moved to capital within my country, I happened to meet one extraordinary human who really introduced me to a lot of interesting things, including a movie by Woody Allen, Manhattan. And so I yeah. watched the movie and I was just like, oh, New York is my home. <laughs> I need to get there somehow. I don't know how. I don't have the money. I don't have the visa. I don't have anything, but I'm going to figure it out. You know, it was like, it became this, like my first official obsession. Actually, funny enough, when I was a teenager, I listened to Madonna songs and I didn't speak English. Like I studied German in high school university. So I didn't really understand what she's singing about. But again, her vibe was like, this is my vibe. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I like this. <laughs> I like this American life story. And so it was already kind of like became as a teenager. And then when I watched Woody Allen in Manhattan, like Diane Keaton was just like my star. I was like, I want to be like this woman when I grow up, you know? <laughs> so like that's what just became a thing. And then I remember I communicated to a lot of my friends in the capital in Minsk where I studied at university that like, guys, I need to somehow to move to America. If you know any ways to get a visa or something, like I just want to do this, you know? And then literally a week later, a friend of mine uh, who I just recently met and I told him about this idea that I have moving to US. He said, you know, it's crazy. I, I have this company that sends students to America for like a student program for summer, but usually they only allow full-time students. And I was already part-time student because I had to work mm -hmm. to pay my school. So I, I was out of the sort of question for that consideration. And he's like, after you asked, crazy thing happened. American government for the first time in history announced that now part-time students can apply for that same visa. Yeah. I was like, Oh, interesting. Great. I'll apply. And so I applied and, uh, 50 students applied and three of us got the visa and that is how I moved to US. And so, wow. you know, to New York with like, my mom gave me all of her savings, $300. And I moved to New York with like nowhere to stay, no friends, don't really speak English. I studied like a month of English lessons before I arrived and arrived in June of 2009. And uh, yeah, there was just so many initiations of just like 
in the first year, pure survival as a tourist yeah. and looking for a job and trying to learn a language and trying to apply for new paperwork to be legal in this country after three months when they expired. So there was just like, mm, yeah, a lot of just pure survival. And throughout this time, I, in about nine months, I started getting more or less stable and I got into a relationship with somebody who what turned out to be kind of quite abusive at some point, but it was very mm-hmm. nice and so I fell into kind of a trap and I mean I don't mean it to sound like a victim but it was like not the best situation for me and mm. like like verbally abusive sexually abusive financially controlling my bank accounts like not allowing me to go out in the evening like threatening that like he will like mm. deport me or get me raped or like whatnot so just like a now I'm looking at it, I'm almost like in awe that it happened to me happened because I'm such you, a yeah. different person, you know? But yeah. back then when you're alone in a new country and you don't have anybody to ask for support and like, you know, my parents on another side of the planet that also don't live together. And it's like, I'm like, what's the point for me to even tell them this? Like, they can't help me. They can't help me financially. They can't help me physically. They can't help me legally. So just by me telling them would be just scaring them. So I just processed that again alone, kind of like in the same way as I processed like bullying as a kid. And so I feel like my first like 25 years of my life were like kind of like designed to like for harsh conditions. So I really learned how to deal with that, you know, and you know, there were like dark moments and I was moving through depression and like, yeah, just like a lot of despair. And then something started happening. I think it's like, I think we all sometimes experience this like really harsh moments. And in a way we don't get out of them yet because we need to experience the depth of the pain. And then once enough, you just like bounce, you know, like something just finally clicks is that that last straw on the camel's back. And that's what it was for me with that man there was just like again he just mistreated me grabbed me pushed me something and like something just flipped in my system and i we went to like a friend's birthday and he was again like being super dismissive and rude to that like birthday gathering somewhere in a restaurant in new york and i just like got up said i'm going to the bathroom took a taxi went to our home packed things and i was like i'm just going i'm gonna live in the street if needed i don't be a psychopath anymore you know and then luckily i met this one girl at the casting that i just started like acting modeling like started like trying out castings like and i met this girl in one of the castings we exchanged numbers and so i wrote her at almost midnight i'm like hey i'm i know it's really strange like we just met but i'm trying to run away from a crazy boyfriend and i don't have a place to stay is anywhere i could mm. ask for you and so this girl took me in which that wow. by itself is just such a miracle you know like just mm. i was a pretty much a stranger to her you know and so there's just some connection with us like that she just trusted me and she's like yep come in you will stay with me on my bed like she lives in a two-bedroom wow. apartment not a girlfriend her bed is pretty much takes all the space within the bedroom and she invited me to sleep with her on the same bed so i'll never forget that like she really yeah. really helped me on that night mm. you know like it was like 2 a.m when i was like running out from some like nightclub restaurant in new york so she yeah so she took me in and the boyfriend would like try to chase me and whatnot like grab some things from my hands so i literally just run to her place empty-handed and started a new life around like 
22, 23 years old. And this is where things started shifting slowly. You know, like I said, it's been mm-hmm. enough for acting classes to recover and still working in restaurants so I can support it. I applied for like a grant to study at FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology in New York, and got approved. I was really like, hustling hardcore new york Mm. style you know and in the process of that just trying to heal and recover because there was a lot of damage done to my system and yeah i was i was very honestly like afraid like and not very trustful of Mm. anybody like especially men but just like honestly anybody was just like this like my system was like very jittery you know and Mm. so acting became my first place where I could start understanding human condition deeply because you know I would just be assigned a certain character yeah. and I'd explore that character fully uh, with a full permission to feel all of her mm. you know her rage mm. her pain her desires her needs it was in fact celebrated and welcomed in the acting class mm. to do that you know so I was like I had this like massive permission sleep to understand myself and humanity therefore as well you know and so for me that was the beginning like and it was it's interesting now that I look back to the prism of healing that you know in the beginning in the roles that I would choose to play would be like more proper roles I would be very afraid yeah. to play like unhinged woman like a prostitute or like a, a murderer or something because like these were the emotions that were like so hidden in my system yeah. like they were the most the biggest but they were like suppressed and I was like I don't want to play these characters this like characters is not me like I want to be you know play queen or I want to play some like proper mm-hmm. sharp woman you know and the teacher was like mm, no like let's let's play with that color That's- as well you know and like he really like pushed me pushed and you. and I'm so 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 grateful for that mm-hmm. like I had massive cathartic meltdowns in the middle of acting classes and mm. the rehearsals prior to that would be like you know it's like I hold I hold I hold and then my character says a phrase or have goosebumps mm-hmm. as a phrase and then like just flash gate opened and there we go emotion came out mm. you know so that mm. became for me that first opening and then within that realm you know Theater in New York is just such a powerful community. It's just the best. Like these people are devoted, they're talented, they actually want to study, they actually want to understand. It's just such a devotion to this art form and Mm. to the human condition. Um, Yeah, just beyond. Beyond anything I've ever uh, went as deeply until recently with Kundalini Yoga. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and so anyways, after this acting uh, journey, which I kind of like explored for four or five years and started booking TV shows signed with agents and managers on both coasts and started like doing the acting career and doing quite well and became a union actor. And it was just like the things started unfolding for me and also modeling, Domina mm. modeling agency and then other agencies and started like introducing more of fun things while still kind of like hustling in a way. I mean, New York is yeah. a, where you always have to stay yeah. like, on your toes, you know, on your toes. the rent yeah. is not going away. Uh, but at least it started being introduced more fun and playfulness and creativity and actual work, you know, in the, in these realms. And then I was after five years of dancing in active modeling, I was just kind of like, I need more depth. Uh, so mm-hmm. I guess like the business side of things started um, daunting on me and um, 
that pure endearing energy of understanding human condition started to subdue because now I'm dealing with more with business dynamics, you know, it's mm. like the eight people there, you need to meet this person, da, da, da. and I was just always just like, ah, like, this is not why I came to acting. Yeah. Like this feels uh, not real and yeah, yeah. Authentic, yeah, and I don't like it, you know? And so I really, I've noticed, like I started to resist and going to certain auditions and certain acting events because it was not what I wanted to do, you know? Mm. And so it's an interesting progression, you know, when you start acting, you appreciate anything that's given to you to audition for. But then when you audition for a while and you already played certain archetypes and certain roles, you know, on TV shows, they always want to put you in a stereotype box. So my stereotype box was, you know, Eastern European, sexy vixen that in the best scenario is like some spy that like kills somebody to do things. In the worst case scenario, just a candy arm, arm candy that's just like making a guy look good. Like, I mean, it was just like, mm. and I mean, I was just getting tired of this, you know, and I was just like, I wanted to explore other characters, which I fully explored in theater, you know, from all the classics like Bernard Shaw and Shakespeare and Tennessee Williams and Chekhov, like just this grand playwrights and then most incredible works that as you move through that text, through the scripts, you become a better person. You can't not to mm. because the, the the writing is just sublime. The depth, and, yeah. And, yeah, the depth is just immense. And then, you know, from that, you go into a TV show and they give you through a line. It's like, oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do this. Thank you. No, you know, and because I still have an accent and I look a bit Eastern European. So then there was this, this like, still that boxing of stereotypes. Mm. And at some point I was just like, mm, no. I don't want to do this. And so at the same time, I started uh, volunteering for an anti-human trafficking organization that was based out of Washington. And I met the founder of the organization at UN in New York. So I started going to UN events for the youth and just see where can I be helpful. I would like, I would just approach yeah, everybody. I was like, hey, I want to be an intern. I want to help. I want to do something meaningful. Please let me know how. I can be of use here, you know? And so I started making like friendships, connections with people in Israel. And I met their founder of this organization called Fair Girls. Um, and she, um, really an incredible woman, like her friend got like kidnapped when she started in Germany and Berlin. And so like it instantly became her life mission to save women that are kidnapped into prostitution and slavery ultimately and open this foundation and been running it for years in Washington and basically helps the girls to escape human trafficking and start mm. a new life. Mm. And I, it just resonated with me so deeply because, you know, I mean, I experienced like yeah, hardcore yeah. abuse for first two years in New York. And then also <laughs> not a little episode when I was in Belarus at 19 years old, I also almost got trafficked by a guy who like offered me a job in Egypt uh, masquerading it as a job in hospitality during summer, but actually it was a job to sell women into prostitution in Egypt. And wow. yeah. I found out about it like three months later after I didn't get on that plane because somebody stopped me because it looked really fishy for a mm-hmm. friend of mine. He was like, please don't go there. This is this doesn't look good. And then I find out three months later that all of these women were forced into prostitution. And one of the women escaped and her sex client helped her to escape. And then she told me later on. So it was just like, mm-hmm. I was so close usually to this like kind of dark things. that just like keep dancing yeah. around me and I'm just doing yeah. my best to discern and protect myself. But I guess it's just 
you know, I'm sure a lot of young women experience that, like you're innocent, you're pure, mm. like you have this mm. big kiss and like, there's this like dark energy that's like wants to feed off that sometimes, you know? And so, yeah, so I've deeply resonated with this topic and this theme of liberating women from slavery, modern day slavery. And so started spending time with the girls in Washington, recording for them like inspirational videos so they can come back into their strengths, helping them at fundraisers and speaking and sharing my story and just like really understanding that. And then that same summer, I got a undercover journalist job position where I would have to communicate with men that are planning to purchase a woman mm. like her sexual services and like witnessing their communication online and then also meeting and witnessing their their behavior in person with hidden camera. And that informed me a lot about, again, that energy, that dynamic, that when certain men want to purchase a woman, they literally look at her as an object of pleasure mm-hmm. and it's yeah. not human being like they don't look mm. you know? uh, there's this like switch like if she chose this line of work i don't give a fuck how she got into it and i'm here to use her that's it yeah you know what i mean and so wow. yeah. that 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 really informed me greatly about the sense of you know just separation and unkindness that mm. uh, embody in you know in certain mm. environments and it's like much easier to be kind pretending to be kind when everybody's sort of wearing proper roles like oh i have yeah. a business you have a business and i respect yeah. you but if you meet someone so to speak from lower class then all of a sudden you treat mm. them terribly mm-hmm. you know yeah. and it, that it, it just sold out and like so i was honestly privileged to experience this juxtaposition you know as a mm. struggling immigrant some people treat you kind of poorly then you become a model and an actress people yeah. worship you she you know then you play like a prostitute in an undercover scenario oh wow they again want to stamp you in the ground like a dirt fabulous you know and it's just like it was just so fun for me to play with this really that. That. Yeah. yeah yeah and yeah. i learned with time because sometimes life put me in situations sometimes i design them for myself for my own learning and laughter to see and play mm-hmm. the roles and see how people are so predictable and they yeah. just react yeah. to your status like they're yeah. you know, it was just it was just a fun experiment and so from that i went for my first burning man which inspired just just completely like i just went out of my mind and in that state i arrived into understanding that i want to create like a virtual reality experience to allow people in the body of a girl a pimp and a sex client and understand in different bodies and a different consciousness and a different minds and literally understand them deeply not just as an observer but being in their body you know and so that idea came through and then i decided to raise money for that and buy this trip and i opened my production company and just became obsessed with creating the film i called come into me and uh completed it and at the end of 2018 and then the whole 2019 we basically traveled and premiered in berlin at berlin elephant festival and in amsterdam and then i showed it in bali and in italy in new york and san francisco and just really you know, shared the mission and it was cathartic for me and for a lot of people that watched it, you know, because it's such an edgy topic that not a lot of us want to really dive into. It's like we're already dealing with a lot. 
like I don't want to run on yeah. top of it think about human trafficking you know and uh, but at the same time it actually kind of liberates you because you understand you know what kind of difficult human conditions people go through yeah. and, and you have much deeper compassion and, and therefore much more relaxed about your own little problems so little to speak. problems yeah you know? it's just like yeah. everything's relative so when you have a larger juxtaposition it's much easier to deal with things you know because mm. you develop that stamina and so yeah that was a journey of its own and um premiered and uh, I kind of just like observed, I was like, okay, I created a piece of art that actually never been done before. Like then nobody recorded a film in VR from three perspectives when you can actually be in their body and then also travel to the memories of the past and see how did they all get there. It was like very difficult to make, technically speaking and mm-hmm. financially speaking. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things in place, you know? And so once I finished that, I was about to open like a movement slash charity and just be like a traveling exhibition slash educational center with this film around the world and corona began <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh, i was uh, <laughs> just visiting my mom and my sister they were at the time in poland and a friend of mine secretly told me that like hey uh you just so you know in three days all the borders will be closed there's going to be no airports um oh, wow open uh so decide right now where you want to stay for a long time it's a like classified information from the government that i have oh, wow like <laughs> choice and i'm yeah. so lucky you know to, to be exposed to that information so my instant mind i was in bali once before i was like bali <laughs> i'm getting i get my tickets i'm figuring it out like this is one place i don't mind to get stuck in and uh flew and this is like flights were getting canceled and it was so difficult and this didn't work and then I flew to another airport drove to another airport and I just like it was a journey and luckily I landed on the last plane that flew out of Poland where the airport was already empty literally just one last plane <laughs> and, and flew to Amsterdam <laughs> and in Amsterdam they're like announcing anybody who's been in uh, Italy France for the last uh, uh, 10 days are not allowed to get on a plane and I was in Paris before that for 10 like for a day I was just like flying through and I'm just like praying they're not gonna find that stamp in my passport and thank god they didn't so I got on that plane and then flew to <laughs> Singapore and finally landed in Bali on the last day before the borders closed here so that's my journey of arrival it's here which is pretty epic I did hear that too <laughs> no, it's so, so epic, epic. <laughs> like I made it, thanks, you know. Ah! It's important, you know. And then when I was flying on the plane, I wrote in my journal, you know, I was just praying. I was like, and also I didn't know if they will allow me into the airport from Singapore to Denpasar because there are rumors that they don't allow you anymore to do even switching uh flights. And somebody told me that like you may be turned around back from Singapore back and you have to fly to your country of residence which for me was US at the time and I just prayed and our pilot did something really cool he landed in Singapore and then he knew if we come out of the plane that means we are on the territory of Singapore and we need to like ship back to bed to wherever we came from so he asked like us to come to like smaller room next to the plane and not to be um you know, and then like they cleaned the plane really quickly and brought it us back. And he said, I'm going to be flying that plane as well to then possess. And then you guys can actually get Oh my to God. It's <laughs> amazing. Like, so wow. It's so just like beyond, <laughs> honestly, beyond. Yeah. Like, it's my, yeah. my prayer. Wow. Yeah. Did something with it. So yeah, when I was like flying to Singapore, praying that we will be able to 
get to Denpazar and my journal I wrote uh, out of the blue, I wrote, it's like, I want to become Kundalini yoga and Tantra mm-hmm. master and teacher. When just my hand wrote it. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I just done Vipassana recently and a few months prior to that. So like my body was already started waking up. And so, you mm-hmm. know, ideas just come and I just write them. I don't judge them. I don't analyze why mm-hmm. am I supposed to be this or that? I just write it, you know, it's like that, that channeling that, Channel. A lot of us have access to if we activate our body. And so, yeah, I landed. And on the first day, I happened to move into a house with a woman who I didn't know, who wanted the same house that I wanted to rent. And she happened to be a Kundalini yoga teacher. And she happened to start Kundalini yoga training <laughs> the next day. And uh, I happened to, by the way, be trained as a teacher. The moment I yeah. landed here. During lockdown, where everything is closed, no yoga studios, nothing is open, I have a yoga teacher in my house that is teaching it uh, online, but I'm the only live student with her. So, you know, it's just like when I think of moments like that, I don't really think there are coincidences. I think there's just like a super strong intention that moves through us. Mm. And then the universe, the life starts to just dance. Yeah, it just starts to take, okay, you know, because you're like earnest desire you know that is not just mm. like desire it's, it's desire to serve to and serve yeah where it really um gets activated on a deeper level and so in march it will be two years since i've been in bali and now this has been the most powerful awakening process of my life mm. and you know like bali a lot of people know bali is it's that place where people come to heal and to come back to themselves and this is the first time in my life i had so much spaciousness to really listen to my own body you know and mm. because the cost of living here is so much cheaper than in us or anywhere else uh it allowed a bit more of a breathing space for me to just be and live an absolute bare minimum and still live in a really beautiful places surrounded by nature and nature. Be practicing, yeah. you know, and nature is just, yeah, it's just everything, the sunshine and the greens, it, it has that palpable energy. And so, yeah, I've done that teacher's training for two weeks. <laughs> by the fifth day, I mean, I was flying high like a kite like i understood that i am a laboratory with all the ingredients possible and all i need to do is mm. to activate it that's it you know yeah. like people chasing this heightened states with psychedelics which i've done plenty of i mean i've been to burning man and lived in new york and los angeles like of course i've been exposed to this and and you know it's like Sadhguru says when you take the psychedelics it expands your consciousness which is so exciting right because a lot of people can't yeah. do about it but then what it also does it lowers your faculties right. of yeah. with this reality right so it's like yeah. you yeah. wouldn't trust uh you know a person on psychedelics perform a surgery on you you know would you because no. you probably like uh you know a bit different realms <laughs> and it's yeah. good for them they everybody should try and experience those things they're really wonderful and also don't get hooked to it and so what mm. i understood with uh, kundalini yoga and with deep meditational practices is that you can start experiencing just as much a higher state of expanded consciousness while also being very sharp and present with this reality and grounded yeah exactly yeah exactly and so yeah. you don't have to be either or you can be all of it can and be of course both. Yeah. it takes it takes more time and effort and skill set to receive it because mm. you're actually doing your own stepping up the mountain instead of like taking little 
the it's fast like track elevator. elevator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like another, I don't even call it elevator. I call it like binacles. You know, it's like we have yeah. binacles called psychedelics, and we sit on the bottom of the mountain and look at the top. I'm like, oh my god, I see the top. It looks like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It looks like yeah. that. You yeah. still haven't walked there, have you? Like you're just yeah. looking at it. And so I think that's that sometimes split and delusion that mm-hmm. comes with the psychedelics mm-hmm. or deep medicine practices. They're like, I realize it all. Yeah, beautiful. You did during that. Yeah, but now that short time, and that's the integration and the yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And integration has just been so underrated for so many years. You yeah. know, I've been talking about it like three, four years ago. It's like, guys, where's the integration after all these ceremonies? Like, how are we going to implement any of this? Our downloads, mm-hmm. you know. And so finally, it's becoming popular enough that people realize it's not enough to just take a look at the take the mountain, take the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, like it became very empowering when I started doing this Kundalini yoga practice. And then I found my Sangha, you know, in Sanskrit is the word for your fellow travelers, so to speak, yeah. your friends, with who you grow, with ho- who you expand, you know. And I, I decided to find my Sangha, my group of friends that I can truly expand with, who I can practice with Kundalini yoga and meditation on a regular basis. And I don't have to pay for it like a retreat. We just practice, you know, we get together in yeah. one of our houses. There's, thank God, more space in Bali and we don't need to pay for it. So then it turns again, not from, it's not a retreat mentality. It's everyday mentality. It's a, yeah. Yeah. The integration into daily life. Yeah. 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 And again, that was not a big switch for me. I'm not interested in retreats anymore as much. Like I definitely want some mm, like, expansions but then i need much longer times for integration and yeah. implementation into my life yeah. so it becomes my second nature i don't even notice it's happening anymore you know and yeah. it's it's not that easy like to rewire your habits to choose to yes. try new things to get used to doing new things and don't resist it anymore you know and so for me that was like i intuitively kind of knew that i was like i need to practice all the time until i fall in love with that i don't even know notice it's like brushing my teeth you know and so but in a way it became that plus super pleasurable (laughs) super pleasurable brushing teeth like every time (laughs) happy, super inspired want to create like you know recording this happy videos on instagram people like are you hiring something i'm like yes on my (laughs) life you know just like yeah, it was such such a such a happy time, like that like first discovery, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I found something that works finally, you know. And so it was that for like months. <clears throat> and then with these friends, you know, we were like running around like these happy monkeys around Bali. <laughs> Uh, and a lot of people, even here in the booth in Bali, they ask, like, guys, why are you so happy? Like, what's going on? They're like, oh, we just practice Kundalini yoga every morning. We meet at 4.30 a.m. and we do it till 9, you know? People are like, huh? 4.30 a.m.? <laughs> yeah, it's better to do it before sunrise. It's like the most powerful. And so people started joining us, you know, because we were just like, we were just like too happy to ignore, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and so... Uh, we started like leading a little portals. And I mean, it was kind of like a retreat base, but like we would just together cover the cost of like food or like some spaces mm-hmm. rented for other people to join, but like at a minimal cost, like let's just keep practicing together, you know? Mm-hmm. And then from that, we did that for like months. And then I was just like, I was like, okay, I need to probably slowly start preparing to share some things online. And so like yeah. my journey for online, you know, began 
over a year, half ago, just preparation. And I still wouldn't share, but I started recording to see how I can do it well. Like, how can I create the best sound experience to people really the soul? How can I record so it feels like we're together? You know, what should I do with the camera? Should it be moving? Should it be static? Like, I really became kind of like, again, this obsessive investigator. Like, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it well. Do it, yeah. You know, because when I do it live, it's much easier for me personally because I know how to create a beautiful space. Like, I know how to create, like, the scents and the candles and the fancy of the designs and everything. Like, I'm obsessed with beautiful spaces and making, like, the portal of safety and expansion and so here no problem like anyone who's in bali they're always just like this is the most beautiful space portal ever and i'm like i just love doing it but then when i go online i'm like how am i gonna do this online like people live in their houses what if their house is like a mess and they haven't cleaned it for ages and it's not gonna be sacred space you know so like it's really interesting how like it got me thinking it's like how can i inspire people to create their own safe space and altars within their own homes mm. and receive that experience. So I've been developing uh, over a year and a half that content and still just wouldn't share it. And like all of my friends are like, oh my God, you're sitting on so much gold. Why don't you share it? Yes. Like, it's, not ready yet. it's not ready yet. I need to re-record that one. And this one, the sound could be a little better and the lighting was there as we, I mean, I just went insane, honestly. Like it's my Eastern European, like, Nail it or go home, kind of situation. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, and it's good and bad. Like I think it's sometimes it almost like stopped my like growth, and then, then I was growth. like, yeah, like stop it. My gotta let go of the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm glad I also like explored it. And so while I was like preparing things for online sharings, I was like, I'm just gonna do a lot of teachings in the boot uh, until I feel so so enriched by that i don't even need to think what to teach i just can come class feel the space it will move through me effortlessly i will just know Mm -hmm. you know and so i went into that space of deep practice like i moved into this one resort uh called kenran resort in the booth and um it was empty the owner recently built it and she tries to advertise it but there's no tourists you know it's just like an empty beautiful space resort for 50 villas i live there alone Corona chance for you, you know. And so I decided to teach a Kundalini yoga for all the Indonesian staff before they come to work. I'm like, guys, come and just take a class before you work. And so every day for five days a week, um, for the whole month, I was just teaching from like 7 a.m. till 8:30 a.m. for Indonesian guys. And it was such a beautiful experience because it was just your service. And there was no, you know, strings attached. And I really experiment and see what works, what doesn't, what was easy for mm-hmm. them. That is mm-hmm. for people to receive something when they never heard about this before, you know. And it was like a powerful, um, yeah, just test drive, test drive of what I'm capable of and what how can I make it better every day, you know. It was a truly big gift for me to just play for that, you know. And then after that, I started yeah. leading like evenings and retreat like little portals when people come and it would be like a, i call it salons and people come and there's like a theme for the evening and a dress code and then we do cacao ceremony when we open a space and we set a prayer for the evening and everybody shares their intention their voice and from that we do kundalini yoga for like an hour 
fully open up. And then from that place, we dance a bit and it's like sensations and we're touching us and get like very mm. playful. And then from that place, we go into this like candlelit, gorgeous dinner and I put like roses and candles everywhere. Amazing. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Come here, love. <laughs> and so, you know, like, we have this gorgeous dinner and then like I would have like a theme for each table and people would like ask each other certain like unique questions to go deeper so that the evening is popping. And then at the end of it, we transition into tea ceremony. And again, it's just like tarot cards, reading cards, poems. And it's like a tea ceremony where everybody who feels cold, they share something. So they could share a poem, they could share a song, they could share a dance while we drink tea in like at almost midnight. Beautiful. It was just oh divine, honestly. Like yeah. I just... Felt- <laughs> I, I went crazy again with that like art form you know it's like I want to make it the most special like evening ever where we like awaken and open up and share and eat and dance like all the sensations you know and so I was doing that like totally now for like a year and a half as well and and that resort I, I got to play with that to the highest level and we just like invite like 25 30 people and we just dive deep into that evening and then you know it came time when um in april this last this year i was just like okay it's time for me to lead my retreats where i really teach people everything i know everything you know and we we go deep but we also do it in the mornings so then people can go in the evening or an afternoon home and actually implement what they've learned into their mm. business into their relationship mm into everything because again mm-hmm. my motto is like this is not a retreat consciousness practice consciousness for your mornings so then in mornings you get the most charged up with the spirit because this is also when we wake up we're the most connected to the thinnest veil of the spirit mm-hmm. we're like in the dream mm-hmm. realms so when we come out of that state it is so beautiful to dive into straight into practice rather than on your phone because mm-hmm. you actually amplify your growth times 100 when you just woke up you know, you still, yeah. you're still the purest, basically. Mm. You haven't engaged yet with the information, with reactions, with people, with solving problems. You're just here, you know, and so morning is that very, very special time. So my retreats were like, we practice every morning from like 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. And so it was like an hour and a half Kundalini yoga, an hour meditation, 15 minutes of specific journaling practice that you contemplate and dive deep. Then like, two, three minutes of just active dancing. And you just like roar, touch yeah. yourself now, like whatever sounds you want to make. Like, again, it's like this, like I'm kind of merging like Kundalini yoga really with Tantra, you know, it's like, how do you yeah. make love yeah. like, with everything, like with yourself and others, like just like playful. And then we will have an amazing vegan breakfast, share a little bit how it was for us, come back. I give a transmission, like a lecture for that chakra that we activate that day. And then we sit in a circle and everybody share their aha moment of their practice. And then they mm. make a choice how they're going to implement it into their life, into the calendar mm. that day. Mm. And then promise to their accountability partner. And then they go on yeah. that same day, you know? And so that was my idea. I was like, let's, let's keep implementing and let's keep each other accountable so we would do this you know and so i started doing that and i've done like one seven day retreat in russia and one seven day retreat in english and it's like every day it was a new chakra and a new expansion it was just like packed and potent really mm. really really beautiful and so from that space you know i was just like and also i've been constantly studying with a couple of teachers 
from online realms and Jai Dev, who's a Kundalini yoga teacher from California. And then I've been just watching other, like there's Guru Singh and Guru Ratana. There's like a few really incredible teachers there that share the knowledge online. So it's been kind of like the deepest, most potent time from in my life the last two years, just constantly learning and constantly mm. giving and constantly yeah. testing it, you know, in very different yeah. ways, you know, ways. Like, what is it like a class? What is that like an evening salon? What is it like a retreat? What is it like when I record it? You know, like I became mm. again, like, this curious investigator of this thing I discovered that I know is so helpful and so powerful because I, I'm leaving it, you know? And so, yeah, long time homecoming, so to speak this year, in July, I invited <laughs> my family you know, to Bali to spend four, four months with them. And I think for me, it was like almost like a final test, a test. drive of my test, knowledge. Yeah. Full on yeah. test. And, you know, I just kept saying that Ram Dass quote, like, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. <laughs> with your family. Oh, my God. <laughs> I spent four months with my family. It was uh, intense. And, you know, like for them to get used to sort of speak new me, you know, like there's... I have new habits. I have new ways of engaging. I'm mm. changing. Yeah, I'm growing. And uh, for them to associate that, that now you act like a weird new spiritual yeah. Yeah. you know, and yeah. getting angry at it for me or like judging me sometimes. It was just like such an interesting test for me to, you know, love them through that and not to get angry when I feel mm. unexpected and still continue my practice, you know, and just create healthy boundaries when I still can practice my own mm. thing without explaining myself whether somebody understands that or not, you know. Yeah. And also try to share it with them, but not to impose it on them because some people want to do it, some people don't want to do it at all. Some people are not ready for yeah. this. Or they have other way of opening themselves okay. up. Yeah. Why to tell them, you know, like, yeah. is the only way, you know. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. But it's perfect. Yeah. Somebody's just dancing. I don't know. Everybody have their own thing. You know, and so for me it was like that best sharing the top uh test. Uh, mm. together with my partner actually, boyfriend who also like a super sharp mental hacker, like the most brilliant person who works on the digital realms who doesn't even believe spirit exists. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like, to him, like eyes get glassy and then he's just like you're just a voodoo hippie woman i'm like okay guys call me that <laughs> yeah, that's awesome <laughs> i don't know how i managed to fall in love with you but we're make it <laughs> and that's like truly has been my <laughs> most intense test on the top of my family is my partner who just like <laughs> doesn't believe this is real <laughs> <laughs> hilarious that's you know? so good <laughs> and so you know in the beginning I went through again like deaths within myself I was like how can mm -hmm. I prove him like like I need to like explain it you know and like almost like again like started losing myself for a little bit and then yeah. I was like no I need to stand this is my this is my mm -hmm. test I need to be able yeah. to embody that, you know, no matter what, even my closest people didn't judge me. I need to be able to hold that greed, you know, mm -hmm. I, I can't go and teach to a class. Mm -hmm. if there's doubt within me, yeah. you know, it is, totally. you know, so that was like my final graduation party, so to speak. <laughs> 
that went on <laughs> for a couple of months. <laughs> and so like by November this year, like most of my family flew back to Belarus. My dad decided to stay here and now like building his life here. And, you know, with my partner, we just had like a deep conversation. It's like, hey, we really need to agree to disagree here. And yeah. I'm going to yeah. express myself fully and you need to express yourself fully. And we don't need and to. We shouldn't each other. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, yeah. What, what really matters is our feeling, you know, between yeah. us. Not like you think I'm right or I think you're right. Yeah. A, I mean that's such a bit that's such a beautiful lesson to have you know because it's not about division it's about diversity and then that brings this juiciness to your relationship because you both think so differently but there's this commonality and that just leads more expansion I think totally totally and you know we've finally switched it to like hey just whenever you're ready, once in a while, I can share with you my skills, whether it's creating a beautiful space for you, whether leading you through a little breathing activation or whatnot. And, you know, he shares with me his like sharpest skills in technology and building a website, yeah. like understanding yeah. the digital world that I like couldn't wrap my mind around even a few <laughs> months ago, like, at all. Yeah. Like I, I stopped at Instagram and like all of this, like social media, like always get confused what to post, how the video is half like misplaced you know and it's like it's been such a <laughs> lucky thing to be exposed to that sharp no you know no nonsense digital understanding and so mm. yeah the the long story long so to speak here we are arriving to december you know and like this month i decided to finally look at all the videos that i recorded add whatever needs to be added to really amplify the teachings and i recorded mm. in the most beautiful space with the most incredible team and you know, as insane perfectionist as I am, I'm so proud of this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so, so happy what I've created. And it's like, you know, if anybody does these practices on a regular basis, they're like, they have no choice but to wake up. <laughs> like, I don't know if mm. I was like, there's just this like yeah. deep yoga and meditation and journaling and self-reflection. And I, I will be in Jinkies teachings into that. It's just so, so, so deep and so you know now i i for the first time i really want to say it's like i'm really embodying my dharma and beautiful yeah so 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 nice and you know it's coming from struggling belarus yeah and and i think it's it's just so beautiful i just to hear your story and it's so inspiring because we've you know we all have had our traumas and dramas and things that we've experienced but we can instead of staying there or wallowing in it we can rise from it and what can we create from it you know use these experiences not we don't have to understand why they happen but we can use them as opportunities for growth and for to create and to, to be and then again once we work on that within ourselves then like you said it's like being of service how can i use mm. this this experience i've had and then how can i be a service to help others and and i think it's just it's, it's so beautiful what you said and that you know in kundalini yoga is and i you know read it and you wrote this is like it's such a powerful technology and like you said it's really just activating the ingredients that are within us and so then we become and then i think within that is that we become so powerful like we take that power back within ourselves and oh. i think that's that's what's so 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 needed on the planet right now <laughs> like we're in such a 
such a pivotal time on our planet. And it really is coming back into that alignment, you know, just like your whole journey, like right now, you're like, I'm finally embodying my dharma. I'm finally embodying my purpose and what I'm meant to share. And this is what we need people stepping up into right now so that we can create this, whatever you want to call it, new earth, a new paradigm, a new way, or, you know, shift out of those old ways that are not serving us anymore. And I think this is what's beautiful about what you're sharing because it could be, it's such a powerful tool to help us. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I really hope, you know, people that resonate with that really run with it because to me, it's the fastest personally, you know, again, everybody got their own journey, but I've tried Vipassanas, which is the deepest work, but the hardest work, you know, not a lot of people are capable to sit for 11 days and meditate for six to 18 hours a day. Yeah. It's a, a whole other level of commitment. And I've done like four Vipassanas over the last two years and the dark retreat were also set for 11 days, just in darkness by myself. And like, these are the deepest downloads. And when people realize that they have access to the superpowers and to their highest consciousness through even like 20, 30 minutes practice of Kundalini yeah. yoga. Like, yeah. why would you want to try that? It's yeah. so I think, I think that's so true. I love that. I love that you brought that up because I think for so long, and I mean, I, I've been there. It's like, okay, you know, we got to work hard to fix ourselves. We have to work hard to, I mean, we have to work hard at everything. We have to work hard to build a business. We have to work hard to, you know, um, open ourselves up to our spiritual path. But it's actually, it's that's really an illusion, <laughs> you know. It's not the reality. Like, and I think that's been like a, like a shadow side sometimes to the spirituality that we have to, that it can be pleasurable and it can, you know, it does take commitment, you know, consistency. Right that those are important, you know, that can be hard for some, some people to have commitment and consistency. But, you know, once you start it, like you said, it, it's like blissful, it's pleasurable, it's actually feels really good. And I'm feeling better than ever, you know, by doing that and doing these practices. And it doesn't take, you know, hours a day or out of your life, you know, if you're a mother, if you're, you know, a family or, you know, you do work full time, then you can easily incorporate these practices and have maximum benefit. Yeah, it's like that morning, like we all have mornings, right? So yeah. the question is like, what do you do with your mornings? <laughs> yeah, you and it is gone? like, okay, that's yeah. your morning. Yeah, <laughs> and it just, and I think it, like you said earlier, it's just about undoing those patterns, you know, that undoing the pattern that things have to be hard, that life has to be hard, that actually, no, that's, life doesn't have to be hard. Life can be this super amazing, playful experience, you know, like I, I've, saw on one of your posts it's like we are god in human form and we're here to play fully and that's so true but we we get so serious about life we get so serious about our problems and serious about our traumas and things that have happened to us in the past and while they've you know they've happened but they don't define us they're not who we are they're here to guide us and help us to open up to that depth and expansion that comes from from within and then when we allow that and we sit with these practices you know then it's then it just becomes the life you know the totally. whole life totally and you know this idea of a, a gods at play right that's like i named my my course my journey that is about to begin on january 11th gods at play is a very powerful concept that finally arrived into my being you know because 
I've been, you know, it's like there's three stages and Dante is described in divine comedy. A lot of teachers say there's three steps, you know, and it's like, first step is like, you are in hell, but you don't know that you're yeah. in hell because you're so yeah, used yeah, yeah. to, this is your yeah. common hell, yeah. you know, most of the people live in that. And then there's second stage is like purgatory and you like realize you're like, oh my God, like no. this is how much pain I've been carrying. <laughs> this is how much my own drama I've been creating personally, personally because certain triggers keep running me and I keep recreating the same scenarios that I actually don't want, but I've been creating, you know, and then that's the hardest part it's for all of us to realize is like, I'm actually a largely creator of my own reality and I got to take full responsibility for the things I've been creating, you know? And it's like, once you start taking responsibility for that, then you actually start having fun and you start playing, yeah. you know? And yeah. until you take that full responsibility, you basically bound to be in consciousness, you know? Yeah. And we're all so it, it's such a cozy thing to do. Like, Oh, I've been abused. Like I'm a victim now. Like everybody just yeah. listen to me. I'm like, comply to all of my drama you know it's like yeah it's yeah. an easy thing to choose but ultimately that's not what you want if you want to be empowered joyful individual yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. and it's yeah. like it's that gentleness it's like when to be gentle with yourself and be like holding and mm -hmm. then when it's like time it's like okay and now i can yeah. actually rise up and share also my strength i don't always have to be wallowing just in that and that requires yeah courage yeah. and devotion and commitment and once you play mm -hmm. with that even for months you will start experiencing this like naughty playful mischievous god like <laughs> yeah. days yeah. that are just so much more fun than victim mm. yeah. so much more fun <laughs> i mean i remember i remember when i was like oh my gosh i am playing such a victim and i was like i can't believe i've done that for so many years but when i finally like i'm like okay i own it i take responsibility I'm going to move out of that, you know, and then really take that, that ownership of my life and what I'm manifesting, what I'm creating and what, how I want to respond and how I want to be in this world. And then when you do, you know, yeah, it's not going to be, you are going to meet some things that are challenging. You know, you're going to meet some deep emotions, you know, and like you said, it's, it's important to see it, but not wallow in it, you know, have a look, really delve into it and then move through it. Don't stay there. <laughs> you know? And then, play with it you know dance like I always like to say dance. Um, dance dance with it like dance with it dance between the polarities dance with it instead of like trying to crawl your way like crawl your way out of it or you know or let your it overtake you you know it's either we're two ways we're trying to push it away or we're just letting it be us but when we can kind of like dance with it with that playfulness then it's it's not so hard. It's just, the, it's the human experience, you know? It's also like Aikido, right? If you just look at energy, like any energy that is pushing, then the other energy needs to go like this. So it's like with something moving, just again, dance and let it fall. But if you fight, yeah. you give it more strength, it's going to fight back against you. So yeah, the resistance personalities and just look at energy yeah. dancing, you start understanding that it's, it's truly most efficient to dance with it. And then mm. it, it's nothing is a big deal it's just the story that we add to it that can make yeah. it big, you know and the story yeah. is kind of the most important thing because even the most powerful practice if you don't take it for the reverence it's not going to mean much to you you know and mm. vice versa you can be doing the smallest things as being in front of your altar for five minutes just praying wholeheartedly and that become the most powerful thing because you chose to add yeah. reverence to it in your mind so that intention that story that you choose to tell yourself is truly everything which is i often mention in all my teachings like what's your story what's the story mm. 
Yeah, yeah, I love that. And, and I think that's, again, like, it is important to have these, you know, the, these tools, these technologies to help us. But then again, it's like, then once we kind of understand it and we start to open ourselves up, then it's just the smallest acts of brushing your teeth or taking a moment with intention in front of your altar carry such power, you know, and it's, it's, then it's like you said, what we talked about before, and then it's this, the integration becomes like our, our life becomes the art form, like the, the life becomes the practice. Every moment we have this opportunity to, to play and be in reverence and to, to live intentionally. And then that opens up to just amazing possible possibilities, like infinite, infinite possibilities of what we can do and create. Yeah. And actually, you know, I want to close on that note on infinite. You know, there's James Carms. He wrote this book, Finite and Infinite Games. And, uh, you know, finite games is that games that most of the people play to like, I just want this. I'm going to get this result and I'm going to fight for it, you know, to the teeth. But if you start playing more like infinite games, like almost like an assumption that you are immortal, so to speak, and what are you contributing to on a grander schemes, your vision expands. And then again, it's, it's, it's easier to play with it because you don't just get stuck on your own little existence. And I've been through Kundalini Yoga and like through reading this one book called Existential Kink that makes fun of it all. Like yeah. that's what the, the vision came to me that we are just gods at play. And then yeah. when you enter that state, you, you create bigger things. And then they're more infused, I think, with selfless care and cheerfulness, mm. you know, because mm. you become bigger. You're not just yeah. you, you are, yeah. you are yeah. conscious that's playing itself through you. Yeah. That's a yeah. very different game than just yeah. being separate individual. Yeah. Just that individual. You know? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so good that you said that because because it's so true. We don't we've been, you know, conditioned to be individual and separate, but that's the again the illusion. And when we start to open up to that expansiveness and that um connection, then we know that everything we do, our thoughts, our actions all have this ripple effect. And then that brings out this bigger, you know, awareness that yeah, what I do has a has has a has an impact that's on others. Always. Always. And then it's like, oh yes, it's just every day. Then it's, you know, so then it, it helped me, you know, it really helped me when I had that realization to when I, you know, started birthing a new earth, all the fears that came up where I was like, oh, this is not about me. This is something bigger. This is yep. something bigger. So it helps me to transmute those fears, those things that come up. Totally. Mm. Totally. Just playing. Just playing. <laughs> Hello, little giddy cat. Hi, baby. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it when cats and kids come into the come into the podcast interviews. I've had that. <laughs> oh, I just always love our conversations, Alexiana. So thank you for being here. And I'm so excited. I'm so so excited for your course. And you know, for anyone that's wanting, I've I've done quite a few sessions with uh, Lisiana and a different course that I've done and they are beautiful and they're potent. And, you know, this, you know, you can tell that she's put so much thought and so much love and so much into this course. So it's, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> so uh, how can people find out more about this? Mm, they can just go on my Instagram, Alessiana.truelove. And then just go on my bio and then there's a link to my website, the course of true love. 
that learnworlds.com. And then there's also um, an additional link of a type form that I suggest for people to fill out because then I understand their desires. There's like questions like, what do you want to create? What is easier for you? What do you want to step into? So then the more answers I receive, and then obviously I will be reading the answers if they're joining the course, I will actually tailor it as well because we're going to be doing it live. It's all pre-recorded and people actually can do the whole course by themselves. But I chose to also step in and be with people um, specifically this time because I really want to hear what's the impression, how could it be even improved and how can we play together live? You know, we will be on Zoom Mm. calls every week, but we're also going to be having accountability partners and communicating on Telegram, like sharing with each other inspirational videos, pictures while we're expanding. So... Yeah, that's the journey. And you just go on my Instagram, Aliciana, that true love, and you'll find everything in my bio. Perfect. Yeah, and I'll have all the links down mm-hmm. below so you can just check in. And yeah, amazing. You're amazing. Thank you for being thank here. So thank you for all that you're sharing. And thank you for sharing your story. Very inspirational. Sending so much love to you in yeah. Bali. Yes. Thank you, my love. <laughs> Always a pleasure to talk to you as well. I feel so much welcoming, loving, supportive energy. It's really mm, thank you. All right. Much love to you all. Take care. Bye, love. Have a good day. Thank you for joining the podcast today. If you'd like to know more about Birthing in New Earth, our gatherings, events, our amazing collective of speakers, please join us over at Instagram at Birthing in New Earth. If you liked what you listened to today, please subscribe, leave us some stars, any comments, we'd love to hear from you. Any topics that you want us to talk about, please send it through. Thank you for being here and have a beautiful day.